Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, I, I finally feel like I've kind of turned a corner here today. Yeah, talk to me. Well, I, I mean, it, it's just, you know, this is kind of the natural thing. And at this point of both of our lives, I think we've both dealt with grief to a large extent. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, that experience makes you better at it. And it's the only real way that you can get better at dealing with grief. Uh, but for me, I'm I'm kind of... Now, don't get me wrong. Every time I see a picture of Gianna, I, I, I break back down again. That that part is going to be is always going to be the toughest part to deal with. But I do kind of think you know today. Yesterday was the toughest. You had the first day where it was just the sheer shock. Yesterday was everything kind of settling in, and then now we've had forty eight hours to kind of process things, and and here we are. Where are you at? I'm doing better. Today's been better than the last two days. It's also not like a linear thing where, you know, you just feel a little bit better every day. That's just not how it works. Um, so I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying being able to laugh a bit. The stories about him have really helped me. Like the, um, even if it's just the release of laughter or, um, just hearing what he meant to players and the league and just a lot of the stuff that we'd never know about, um, when the cameras were off that if there's one small silver lining, it's that I feel like I have gotten to know Kobe better the last couple of days in a way that would have been impossible to happen had he not died. Yeah. So, um, which kind of sucks by the way. Yeah. It's just the nature of life, man. It's just, that's, I mean, they, they say, you know, give people their flowers while they're still alive. And I think, with Kobe, we did that about as much as we can with somebody, but getting people to open up about their individual experiences, that's what I'm most interested in hearing is even if just, and, and this applies to, to locked on listeners as well. Like if you ran into him at Disneyland or, uh-huh. you know, at Starbucks or something, a couple people shared stories with me. Like, I want to hear those stories. I want to retweet those stories and just like the, what he was like in just those every everyday moments. Like I was just cracking up listening to everybody's stories from, you know, legendary basketball players to your average Laker fan, uh, especially with average Laker fans. It was like they were, their minds were completely blown. And Kobe had a whole, like every day was like that with the general public. Like that was Kobe's normal was yeah. dealing with somebody going, Oh my God, that's Kobe Bryant. You know yeah. what I mean? And the, <laughs> Each story, he handled it with grace and with like a, even if like there was one guy who was like, can I take a picture? And he was like, I, I would normally, but it's family day. And he pointed over to his family, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he didn't take the picture. He didn't spend that time, but he just told this fan, like acknowledge, like, Hey, it's not, it's not you. It's just, this is what I'm going yeah. through right now. And, and um, unfortunately, like they have to be able to kind of sector off stuff like that. You know, that's it's not always the best situation for you to walk up and ask for a picture. And as long as it sounds like Kobe handled that well, as long as they aren't rude about it, as long as they aren't like, no, fuck off. Like that's that's, you know, that that says as much about Kobe's character as anything. I was actually kind of thinking back because I was talking to my 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 folks and, and you know, I, I, I think I had said, you know, in an article or something like that, that I had never met the guy. I still I haven't like met the guy one on one, but they said you you said you don't have any experience with him and, and you were wrong. And I said, what? Apparently, uh, and I, and as they were kind of, you know, 
refreshing my memory, it kind of came to me. Uh, Andrew was playing. No, Alex was playing at uh, one of those giant warehouses turned into big, like, basketball court meccas, basically, where it's just, like, a bunch of basketball Mm -hmm. courts. And um, I heard somebody just absolutely lose it, like, woo! And it sounded just like uh, that one scene from their, was it fourth? Fourth title, his fourth title. Uh, where, you know, he's standing there in, like, the doorway kind of, and they're hitting him with the champagne, and he's just taking it all in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, and as it turns out, he was there at one of his daughter's games. I believe it was a volleyball game for his oldest daughter mm-hmm. was was the situation there. And I think either she, you know, she or a teammate probably had, like, a spike or a block or something like that. And just, like, the elation, you could hear it from, like, four courts over um, in a crowded loud as gymnasium uh but you know also because it's kobe and because it was his daughter uh that was playing in that game they had a few more there there were more people kind of filtering in around their game even though it was volleyball in a basketball gym and and yeah but that that's that's the closest i think i ever got to an interaction with them but you know it's just it's just those tiny little stories the dude was the dude was such a proud and happy father i that's mm-hmm. the thing i tweeted it out i wish for for the vast majority of my lifetime, if I was able to talk to Kobe, it would be about, man, what was going through your mind when you hit that shot over Phoenix? What was going through your mind when you couldn't throw a pee in the ocean against the Celtics in Game 7? What What was going through your mind with this and that and the other and all these basketball moments? But now, given where I'm at currently in life and, and seeing how, how proud he was as a father, that's all I want to talk. I wish I could talk to him about. I wish I could talk to him about, like, how 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 do I not screw this up? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I think the lesson in it is that he appeared to approach fatherhood the same way he approached Absolutely. basketball. That guy was into it, and he was in for a penny, in for a pound, like, all the way. Yeah. And that, just like that, that full scale commitment to them, um, you know, makes it more tragic in some ways because there are three left behind, including one that won't remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's also a lesson for the rest of us to take. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a quick second here. When we come back, we're starting to see kind of how the NBA is celebrating his legacy and what the players are doing, what the league uh, is is doing. I have a couple ideas on how I would like to see the league honor him and and, and where we could go there. So we'll talk about that. And then in the final segment, we'll try to transition awkwardly because that's the only way I know how to transition uh, to your guys' mailbag questions. So hang tight. We'll be back here in a second. So we have started to see how the NBA, uh, both players and teams and the league itself, is uh, going to start potentially handling uh, Kobe's passing and remembering Kobe. I mean, he's such an out, it, just an incredible influence on the league, uh, both you know in the states and and worldwide. That whatever they do do for him when they when they make a final decision on how to honor him, uh, it's going to have to do him service. But so far, as things stand right now, it's being handled more at a player level. You have some players deciding to 
uh, wear his jersey number if they already wore it. They You have some players opting to change their number, and the league is allowing them to change their number. Uh you know, I, I guess uh, not really setting a precedent, but ignoring previous precedent that you know, according to league rules, players can't change their numbers uh, on an official basis in the middle of a season. Uh, how do you feel about you know certain players going one way with it, other players going a different dire- direction with it? Do you think this? You know, the, the entire Mavericks organization say that no player can wear number twenty-four. Uh, I, Personally, I think it should be on a player basis. This is a, yeah, I, a former player honor. Let the players honor him. Yeah, I uh, I don't want it to be mandated, right? Like, there's been so many great stories from players on their personal experiences with Kobe. So many guys have the reason for wearing number twenty four mm-hmm. or number eight that are it, it's because of Kobe. People honor players in different ways, right? Like the mm-hmm. nobody else is ever going to wear this again is a way of honoring somebody, but so is I wear this number because of him. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think it's on anybody to dictate, uh, like this is how you have to mourn or honor him. And, and I would just like to see the players decide. Yeah. In general, telling somebody, this is how I want you to, to remember somebody who means, especially, you know, players, especially here, they all have their Kobe story, like every single one of them, depending on, you know, whether they were kids and looked up to and idolized Kobe's work ethic. Because, you know, if you're going to make it to the NBA, you have to probably have some incredible work ethic. And who better to look to than than Kobe in that situation? For the guys who have been in the league a while, uh, the first time they matched up against Kobe, I remember I was listening to, gosh, who's the guy who Nike deleted the footage of him dunking on LeBron? It was like an Aussie. Jordan Crawford. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yes. So Jordan Crawford was on Levitard, and he told a story that just absolutely killed me at the time and then and then upon hearing it again now, where the first time he played against Kobe, and he wasn't assigned to him or anything like that, but you know you still interact there switches and stuff. He said the first thing he played against Kobe, it, it, everybody kind of gets tries to get you ready for it. And at that time, this is when Kobe was fully bought into the Mamba persona, mm-hmm. and and uh, Crawford was sitting here. Uh, he said, I'm, I'm sitting there on the court. I'm trying to guard this guy and he's hissing at his teammates. And, and, and I didn't know what to, what the hell is going on. This guy's, this guy's like, Hey, 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 switch, switch. Give me the ball. Give me and then, you know, LeBron obviously made that impersonation, but everybody had their, their Kobe story. And, uh, the idea that the league would tell, players who have their own version of a Kobe story. No, you have to mourn a certain way. I, I think that's a real tough look for, for anybody here. That's that's mm-hmm. honestly why I didn't think that guys should play that Sunday is is mm-hmm. the, the it was so obviously raw for everybody that they weren't ready to process that, let alone process it while Thousands of people watch them in the stands, and then, you know, however many people watch them from from home. So, uh, I, I think so far they're handling it okay. Uh, I do think eventually they're going to do something to honor him. 
Um, I'm, I'm not, look, we've, we've made it to this point in the segment acting as if this didn't just happen. We just lost the, the first version of the segment. So I'm just going to, Pete, before we started recording, you said you weren't quite ready to make any kind of decisions on, on what the league should or should not do um, on, a, on a more personal level, though. Yeah, it's too raw for me right now. Like, I, this has been my first like okay day, mm-hmm. where um, I, I've still cried a couple of times, but it's uh, the first day where I can work a little bit and you know uh, not be all consumed by this uh, and you know just have other thoughts enter my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has certainly been on my mind, but I, I yeah, I, in terms of like how to honor him and do all that, I, I don't. Like I'm just not even in the mo- emotional space to be able to do that. And yeah. yeah, I feel like thinking of stuff like this makes it more official. Mm-hmm. You know, like it it makes it more. Oh, we're we have to start thinking of Kobe in the past tense. Yeah, that's been messing with me. Like the whole idea of like Kobe was this and that. Yeah, right? um, that's that's been tough. Yeah, uh, I the way that I kind of handle grief and loss at this point in my life is I basically just I try to distract myself through it as much as I possibly can. It's kind of weird though because my my version of distracting myself has been working and mostly working and writing about Kobe and then talking about Kobe on the pod. Uh, but but nonetheless it's been I've been basically going back and forth between working and then playing video games and then working and playing video games and then just refusing to let go of my daughter <laughs> like i just i've been i think I, I don't this poor girl has probably been kissed roughly three zillion times in the last mm-hmm. three days mm-hmm. um but you know the i i can't help myself my brain thinks of these things so i i was trying to think of and and josh everly i'm i'm i've helped on a round table that he's putting together asked the question of like what we would like to see the the NBA do and the thing I landed on was All-Star weekend uh if if they made the All-Star MVP like renamed it after Kobe uh just given the way that he enjoyed playing on that stage so much so that his peers at one point were criticizing him for playing too hard in those games which like I if there's a moment to be a fly on the wall that'd be a good one <laughs> when 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 he gets told, hey man, like some of the guys think that you're playing a little too hard, just to see what his face would have been like when when, yeah. he, <laughs> when he got that request. Uh, what do you think of of that though? As as you know, one of the ways potentially to honor him. Yeah, I think I think that's great. Um, you know the the league wide honors. I don't know. There's the petition for a logo change and Probably not going to happen. Yeah. That, I, I would guess that that's, that's not going to happen. Um, that, that's a good space to do it. For me, the official stuff is less impactful to me. It's the people yeah. like the, there've been a lot of stories of like individual conversations of guys getting hurt and Kobe being the first guy to like give them a call or wanting to work on their game. And Kobe really, you know, Giannis had a great story. Uh, Like Giannis to me is a guy who is the a carrier of Kobe's spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of terrifying given the physical because he's more (laughs) physically gifted than Kobe was. Um, those types of stories resonate. Like if you want to call it the Kobe Bryant award, like great, 
I don't care. I don't care that much. Like that's not, it's not as real as the, the human beings, as the people that had those attachments and those interactions with Kobe. Those to me are the, the best way of honoring him at all. Yeah. The, the actual title of the award doesn't matter as much to me. I, I do think because the NBA MVP award looks like something they hand out at like an insurance conference. <laughs> it might be time to update the way that looks. <laughs> but I, I would like for, you know, the, the, the image that came to mind was in his first All-Star game, Kevin Garnett threw just an awful, awful uh, alley-oop pass to Kobe that every time I watch it, I swear, he catches that thing from further out. And the ball is, he's fully extended. The ball is way the hell behind his head. And... You know, if, if if they could make a mold out of him catching that lob being fully extended, um, he ha- he holds the record right now or ties is tied for the record for most All-Star MVPs, uh, I believe is at or near the top of score. LeBron might have passed him for, for most points scored in All-Star games. Uh, and, and, and again, it's just... Like one of the things I'm always going to remember Kobe about, or, or, or remember about Kobe, is he just he he loved showing up for for the biggest games. Like his final his last game is is going to resonate as the greatest example of this, because how is it that this guy in his 20th season, his final game, is somehow able to to find the energy to shoot 50 times? You know, mm-hmm. understanding that that's what the situation kind of called for and then coming through and, and hitting on enough of those to get to 60. Uh, but, you know, all-star games, to me, feel like another example of that where, hey, here's this national stage. I'm going to put on a damn show. I, I don't care if if... Vince Carter thinks I'm playing too hard. Like I want, I want to, I want to go out there and I want to compete. And I want to, I want to push everybody around me to continue to compete. The, remember him blocking LeBron, mm-hmm. and like, and then like getting. I think he like kind of yelled at LeBron too, teased LeBron for passing the ball in in like a big moment in that same game as well. Like that. That's just it's that's. That's the Kobe that I, I want to continue to remember, and I think that's a cool way to uh, to honor. Yeah. All right, we are going to uh, take a quick second here. When we come back, we are going to try to transition awkwardly to your guys' questions. Literally right before we started recording this final segment, uh, I got the Bleacher Report notification that Joel Embiid is wearing Kobe's number right now. Cool. Very cool. And again... Like I it would be really cool if the league would somehow allow those guys to wear that number for the entire game. Like Trey Young started the game with number eight, you know, mm-hmm. and then it'd be cool if if Embiid was able to play with with whether it's eight or twenty four. I can't see him right now. Um, it's kind of interesting to see which number guys go with. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's fascinating. Like Trey Young going with number eight, I think I kind of get because it's he's at the beginning of his career, and eight was the beginning of Kobe's career, and and the growth that Kobe exhibited over the time that he wore that number eight. Uh, but you know, guys who go with number twenty four, I'd like to ask guys why why they go with one number over the other. So what would your what would your number be if you were oh man debuting in a game? Probably twenty four. Yeah, me too. I would go. I, that was 24 Kobe's my favorite player of all time. 
because hmm. he eight eight Kobe was a bad mf'er, right? Obviously, just an incredible, incredible talent. Uh, but I felt like over the course of him wearing number twenty four, Kobe started to grasp the idea of uh, a the modern modernization of basketball, which I mm-hmm. watching him adapt to that was was fascinating. But also the team element. Mm-hmm. Kind of understanding, like how do I get? How do I actually make everybody better? Uh, that that twenty four Kobe was was my favorite. You you'd say the same? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be the same. Yeah, it was the kind of the culmination of the person and player he had become. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, I think he was a he was a father when yeah he was he was a father when he wore number twenty four. Fatherhood, it, it Kobe's uh, kind of final act as a father is is probably my favorite aspect of his entire existence as we knew it yeah all right let's uh let's answer a few of these questions here so i'm going to go back uh to the weekend and answer questions from there uh any too too much further back than that they get kind of dated so this comes from saturday this is for trip before c quick question uh can we get anthony and pete to live stream live stream announce a key matchup this year or ever record one for playback would love to listen to that i've learned that that is really effing hard <laughs> oh yeah it's 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 hard yeah <laughs> the technical execution of it too is not always Easy. fun trying to get everybody synced up i've got too many jobs this year um, yeah so i i would love to do that if we get into the i mean when we get into the playoffs and, and all that i may do that from time to time but i am like i'm 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 trying to mamba my way through this season <laughs> like i told i told dom on an earlier this year like i got like seven jobs and i'm gonna try and i'm i, I told him i'm gonna try and put up 35 every night um you know i don't know if that's what i'm averaging but i've been averaging you know 22 lately <laughs> and, uh i am i am sputtering to the all-star break especially with this kobe stuff man like i i am I am spent. So right now I cannot commit to something like that, but let's hope I can recharge the battery a little bit and, uh, you know, be able to do something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the middle of a move that makes that pretty impossible too. also, like I said, I, I, if I do something, I want to be able to do it to a certain level. Uh, like I, I have, I have pretty good faith in my ability to write ability to podcast, but I did one live stream this this uh, this season, and and it's not that like I stopped because it was bad. I stopped because we have a ton going on right now, and hopefully when we get more situated, I'll be able to get back to doing it. But it was an awful, awful, probably listening experience, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to I want to get better at it before I, I before I commit to. You it, know, it's really a different it's a different skill than doing this for sure. It is. Well, you feel like you have to talk the whole time, but like silence mm-hmm. is golden. <laughs> It's easier if you can get another person to do that with you. That makes yeah. it a little bit easier. I did those with my brother a while back, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's and it's a long time to be talking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, remember draft night? That one draft night, I started oh, to lose my voice. That was the worst, <laughs> one of the worst ideas we ever had. That like broke up relationships and can't believe. As soon as Grant's girlfriend, who was miserable on the couch the whole time, she as soon as she like didn't leave him right after that, I was like, yeah, they're gonna get you married. Gotta, they just you gotta, gotta wipe engage. That <laughs> yeah, exactly. you gotta wipe her up. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question here comes from Average American Two Thousand. I know how Pete feels about pineapple on pizza, but what about pineapple on classic Al Pastor tacos? Uh, please ask Pete. Thanks. Very rare pineapple exception. 
Very rare pineapple. Tea. That's that's the shit right there. I'm telling you, if it's at the point now, I think where you're like where, where you're like holding this up for for the bit a little bit, but like eventually you're gonna eventually you're gonna crack and and you're gonna see that cooked pineapple is actually really good on a lot of things. No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Sims the Kid writes, uh, I don't just get top 10 player in the league. Okay, so I I don't get top 10 player in the league watching Anthony Davis. I'm getting more into watching basketball maturely and analytically, hence listening to this pod daily. Oof, this isn't the place to mature. Uh, But I just haven't seen why AD is so highly regarded. Disclaimer, offensively, defensively, it's undeniable to my eye. Uh, test that he is second to none, but offensively he leaves much to be desired. If his mid-range uh, jumpers were automatic, okay, but they're not even there. Uh, why does he force his way? Why doesn't he force his way to the rim more? Uh, Utilize his freakish length when he shoots a three. I don't feel good about it. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I'll let you start, Pete. I the a- Anthony Davis's offense has left a little bit to be desired for me too this year. He's a second option. He's a great second option, but he's not a shot creator. That's why the offense falls off a cliff when LeBron goes to the bench is that like he's an elite finisher, one of the best finishers in the game, but somebody has to create the opportunity in the first place. I I think that's something that one of, one of the things I've been most discouraged by is a lack of progress in his passing. And in those, like, this is mine too. When we, you know, we'll post him up in the high post and clear out a side of a court for him, which is totally fine. That's which the thing that you do for superstars, but they're like, he, he misses so many cutters or skip passes. Uh, it just doesn't see that that's the pass that needs to be made. And like the listener said, you know, his, I, I think that's the big thing is that his face up jumper, especially from those elbow spots, it's always been in that 37, 38% range. And when you're getting two points for shots that you're shooting at 37, yeah. 38%, defense is like, fine, great, take it. Let and it so rip. they're letting him take that. I, I, it's something that I don't know if we're doing it as much as we do to, you know, to satisfy him in some way. But um, yeah, like the, he, that listener is right on the money. That's those are elements of his game that he needs to work on and develop. If he's going to be, uh, this is, this is the only reason he's not in like the top tier of best players in the game is because he just can't create his own offense effectively enough. But alongside LeBron James, and I think this is something we're going to see as the season goes on and into the playoffs that that's okay. Cause LeBron covers up for some of that. It also makes a guy like Darren Collison or getting a secondary shot creator all the more important because it can't be AD. But if you get somebody who's okay at it, it locks out, it, it unlocks what AD is great at, which is just finishing plays around the rim. Yeah, I've noticed just in general, his passes are really inaccurate when he has to when it, when any shoulder movement is involved when when you know if it's a straight ahead pass so this is something that I always really watch for with my with the guys that I consider my favorite passers or the best passers in the NBA is that they can make passes from any angle uh and you know no matter and 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 pinpoint those passes from any angle 
that's actually what we started to see in, in the NBA, in the NFL, right? Where where guys start dipping their elbow down and and they throw the sidearm passes, and it allows for uh, more freedom for which kinds of passes that they're able to throw, so long as they remain uh, accurate. And with Davis, a lot of his uh, double teams come with his back facing away from the basket, and then he tries to, in one motion, kind of jump up, turn, and make a pass to somebody, usually jumping away from the basket, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't really go all that well. So uh, I think he needs to approach the double teams more, be a little stronger against those double teams, and, and try to avoid just going to kind of the security blanket that his athleticism is um, like that. That to me is when Shaq became special is when he started understanding based on where he caught the ball, where the double team was going to come from welcoming that double team and then using his ginormous hands and crazy strength, pinpointing skip passes all over the court that, you know, I don't think AD will ever be that kind of special at it, but he needs to improve that. Yeah. And, and, and again, like, it's crazy to think that, A, he started as a point guard, right? Like, the story mm-hmm. is that he started as a point guard, got this good, probably has been double teamed for about as long as he's been this level, this caliber of a player, and hasn't made enough, in my opinion, progress in that department. It, it's it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, and it's something that, like, I mean, this is... To, to bring it back to Kobe is, you know, to what degree are you working on your game? And it doesn't matter if you're a, a superstar, which Anthony Davis absolutely is, mm-hmm. um, like prog- progress, right? Yeah. Work, put the time in a lot of it's film room stuff. A lot of it's like, he doesn't understand how the chess pieces move, yeah. which is he's like, he's, he's brilliant defensively, not just because he's athletic and and all of that. Like he really understands defense. So he's got some of that there, but, um, he just, he's got work, a lot of work to do in the film room, uh, on the offensive end. Yep. All right. We'll go one more question here. It's a quick one. Is Kyle Kuzma tall Jordan Clarkson? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, to, to a great extent. Yeah. Here's my thing. I would say yes, probably, but tall Jordan Clarkson is probably a really good player. (laughs) I mean, what does Jordan Clarkson do other than score? Well, sure, but like that, but also being taller, like that, in in this case, that height is kind of an ability, right? It's kind of a skill. Like, I mean, if he can be tall Jordan Clark, like I'm kind of irritated that he's not tall Jordan Clarkson right now and that he's not putting up 16, 17 points per game while Mm -hmm. being able to be six, nine, six, 10 type of guy, right? Like yeah. give me, give me six, nine Jordan Clarkson on, on this team, because we need somebody to freaking get buckets outside of LeBron and an Anthony Davis that we just talked about having a hard time creating a shot. So yeah, please uh, like that. that I, that's probably meant as a bit of an insult. Is he just t- tall Jordan Clarkson? Please go be tall Jordan Clarkson. Yes. I will that. <laughs> that's exactly. Exactly. You couldn't have put it. I couldn't have put it better. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the locked on Lakers podcast. Uh, the Lakers are not in action again till Friday. Uh, but we'll try to figure out a way to, you know, to fill the fill these next few days and and get you to that point. Pete, how'd you feel about them taking the day off, the the game off? Uh, I, I'm happy about it. Like I, I get that, you know, the the instinct to be like Kobe would have wanted us to play. Um, like we need to mourn and grieve. And Friday's going to be, whew, whew, yeah, especially if Powell's there. And yeah, and LeBron's IG post. Um, I I really feel for LeBron. We're all we're all grieving, but 
LeBron lost one of the very few peers that he has in this world. Yeah. Um, and somebody who I, I know the connection, the Lakers connection and all of that, like it, it's, he must be feeling this very deeply. Um, yeah. Not uh, just peer. I think he probably looked up to Kobe. Of Even course. To this day. Like, like you say peer, he probably has a, a couple peers, but you could probably count on maybe a couple fingers of the people that he legitimately looks up to. He right. lost that person. Mm-hmm. That's tough. That's right. That's that's really right. Tough. Um, and and like that's a he walks a, a lonely road. Like that's part of being one of the cultural icons, which Kobe was too. But so is LeBron. Is a yeah. a worldwide global icon that like just that that highway and a lot of a lot of. Ain't a lot of people walking down that highway. Yeah. And, you know, that was just a fellow traveler that he lost that, yes, he looked up to, too. He was somebody who kind of helped pave that highway in the first place. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who Jordan was, or Magic, I would say, was the first NBA athlete to kind of turn themselves into an empire Make that business-wise. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and Jordan followed that and did a lot of that while, during his career. You know, and Kobe and, and LeBron and like they're all again <laughs> traveling down this highway that not many people traveled down. And LeBron losing that guy that he looked up to and that fellow traveler down that highway. It's just just can't imagine. Like it's hard being the best of the best. And uh, you know the number of people that you get to lean on when you're like looking for advice. I'm sure is not. There aren't many, and it's just I, I feel bad for LeBron. I I um I really look forward to, and I'm scared of what the next rest of the season looks like. This is going to be such an emotional season, yeah. and just like picking up the pieces and carrying on. This was an emotional bomb that got set off worldwide, right, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, but especially in like. the the Lakers people I've talked to, people are devastated, yeah. man. Kobe meant so much. But we're going to have to find a way to pick up the pieces and move on and hopefully kick some ass in Kobe's name. Um, looking forward to that. I think it was the right decision to cancel this now because it's just too raw. Yeah. I hope they don't play another one and they play 81 games this year. That'd be cool. And then – so I, I kind of went – I go back and forth on this from 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 uh, how I kind of handle things – standpoint i'm more of a i'd like to get back in the gym i'd like to just work and i'd like that release of just getting out there and beating the ever-living piss out of the clippers Mm -hmm. but again like the theme of the show has kind of been we aren't here to tell people how to mourn right and if or how long to mourn yeah if the lakers reached out to the league and they said we aren't ready we you know lebron isn't ready can you imagine what genie's going through right now Palinka, Palinka, Godfather, yeah, right, and yeah. and Kobe was his guy, man. Like yeah. those were so close. Yes. So if they reached out to the league and they said that they aren't ready to go, I I'm I'm right there with them. I support them in in their ability to grieve. That's you know that's that's a a, a huge part of humanity is how we handle situations like this, and it's not our job. It's not anybody's job to tell them how and when and where to to get over stuff all right that'll do it for this episode though have a great rest of your day make somebody else's we'll talk to you tomorrow